Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Lives Day 4 Training Camp Recap. I am your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin, joined, of course, as always, by my partner in crime this year at training camp, Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way. Adnan, how are you doing, my friend? Um, well, I'm glad that we don't have we don't have to worry about the weather uh, for this show. <laughs> <laughs> A lot less exciting than last night's show. Shout out, obviously, to everyone that braved the severe thunderstorm that just showed up out of nowhere uh to to join us for that live event so shout out to you guys for sure that was a lot of fun uh love to get to meet everyone appreciate everyone that that made the time i don't want to like start giving people shout outs because i'll i'll definitely forget someone but i know for sure you know blake newsome i remember uh as, as one of the guys that was there until like 10 30 when they made us leave so um a lot of fun i would what do you think i would 30 people maybe there was there was a bunch there was a lot yeah. of people and you know a huge thank you to all of the all of the guys that uh, came out and girls that uh, that came out uh, to hang out with us to meet us and I mean I had a blast it was it was one of my favorite things that we've ever done and yeah it was just so fun you know one it was really fun recording a show in person we've never done that before mm-hmm. uh, and I mean I went back and listened to some of it the the mic the audio sounded pretty good like it was show, fine like really good. And, you know, it was just so fun, like, you know, for for a couple hours, like after the show, just, you know, chopping it up with people, uh, talking with uh, with folks about like uh, our our different backgrounds, about uh, being Falcons fans. And, you know, we were asked a lot of training camp questions that, you know, hopefully we were able to answer sufficiently. And, you know, it was a uh, it was loads of fun and, you know, just one it was like super exciting but just as exciting as it was it was also a a very humbling experience just having you know a bunch of people who you know who have been watching us from the beginning or from near the beginning coming up tell uh telling us you know how much they love the show how much it means to them telling us how proud they were of 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 all of the growth that we've had And, and and in us and you know i think i speak for both of us when i say that you know having those interactions having you know those experiences with you guys you know it just makes us want to work even harder uh it makes us want to deliver even better content and you know you guys uh, if it wasn't for you guys we we wouldn't be doing this like at all yeah yeah i mean it's it's awesome um it was cool to meet everyone i know for like i remember uh you know daryl uh daryl moore uh was one uh, one of the OGs back from like the Facebook Live days that we got to see. So uh, appreciate Daryl for coming out. Appreciate everyone, really. Uh, it, it it meant a lot uh, to see everyone and hang out, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, it was fun. We're definitely going to do it again. So if you didn't make it out this year uh, and you're worried that, like, oh, I missed my chance. No, we're, we're definitely going to do it again. Probably try to make it a yearly thing. You know, I mean, if we could do it, if we could do it more than that, that would be sweet. But uh, we'll start with yearly, and we'll and we'll see where it goes from there. Obviously, but uh, yeah, appreciate you guys for coming out. Before we dive into the takes, because there's a lot of takes to get to from today's practice, it was a pretty exciting one. Let me read you a quick message from our sponsors this week. First of all, we got BetOnline.ag, your number one source for all your betting needs. You can get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Perhaps you're feeling overly confident in this Falcons offense, or maybe you will be after we give you today's report. You can bet on Atlanta to win the NFC South right now. Last I checked, they were still over plus 200. So, you know, decent odds on that if you're if you're high on the Falcons. Um, you can do it right now before the rest of the league catches up to that hype train. BetOnline is your sports intel headquarters this season as they've got you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. BetOnline is also the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And remember, guys, Use the promo code BELIEVE, 50%. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. All right. 
one more your guys favorite right everybody's favorite ad blue chew this episode is once again sponsored by blue chew guys no it can be awkward but let's talk about sex remember the days when you were always ready to go now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed listen up bluechew.com blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as viagra cialis and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Bluetooth wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluetooth.com. Chew it and do it. <laughs> great stuff. Great stuff. Um, guys, we've also got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free. When you use our promo code BUCKET, that's B-U-C-K-E-T, at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. BlueChew.com, promo code BUCKET to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew once again for sponsoring today's podcast. All right, Adnan. Well, I'm sure... The alcoholic is helping you have sex. Yeah, I mean, that's the takeaway, right? Um, assuming you want it. Consensual only, of course. Uh, but... Yeah, uh, you know, we're, 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 you know, we don't discriminate. We want to help everybody around here in, in all aspects of life, uh, you know, because the Falcon, you know, the Falcons aren't necessarily the best uh, for that. You know, they uh, I think the Falcons have given us all performance anxiety from time to time. So, you know, I sympathize. Absolutely. Uh, but yes, uh, someone who didn't have performance anxiety today, I figured we just open up right off the top since it's actually good news. Desmond Ritter. uh you know, the fans showed up in droves. This was the most populous practice I've ever seen. I was not at training camp in 2017. I, I think you were, Adnan, so I think you said maybe that was the only it other was, time. Yeah. yeah, it was since 2017. 2017 is the last time that I saw the Hill that packed and that many fans at the facility. And I mean, it rivaled 2017, but yeah, I don't think... I think 2017 was definitely the last year when, when it was like that that kind of vibe yeah and go check out the twitter uh accounts from both of us you'll see all the pictures i mean it was like an hour into practice and there was still a line so big that we couldn't see the end of it uh from where we were standing on the field so absolutely crazy crowd uh so much fun to see everybody there and the you know the team i think responded in kind especially the offense where we saw the most important thing, obviously, great day from Desmond Ritter. By far his best practice. It, it was legitimately good. Um, and, you know, you heard us very lukewarm on Ritter the first two days in particular. Yesterday started to get a little bit better. Today was was legitimately good. And then um, I thought, honestly, you know, Taylor Heineke and Logan Woodside, the, the gritty backups behind <laughs> Desmond Ritter, um, I thought they were good too. So really, you know, I, that's why I'm going with the offense strikes back today uh, because I think they they finally had a day where I think you could argue that the offense had the better day overall, whereas the last three days, I think it was pretty obviously the defense. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Desmond Ritter, I mean, he looked poised, poised out there. He, like he was, his deep shots were a lot better and this was exactly what we were both looking for coming into today. And it's exactly what we wanted to see because we had no questions about the short day intermediate game. We know that Desmond Ritter is good at that. Like what we've seen it, we've seen it at Cincinnati. We saw it the last four games of the season last year. We saw it the first three days of camp and, you know, he didn't lose that at all. He, he had just as much zip on there. He was, you know, he and Heineke, they were both very automatic in that short day intermediate game, but you know, it was, my entire questions were all within those deep shots. And I mean, they dialed a couple up immediately. Like they had, they started that seven on seven drill earlier than they had at all uh, the first three days. So, you know, they went, you know, they stretched, they did their walkthrough. Then the, I think they did the seven on seven before going into the one-on-ones and we, you know, which that didn't happen earlier. So, First play of seven on sevens, they immediately dialed up the deep shot for uh, Drake London. Uh, D. Alford was in coverage, and 
it was a it was a very good pass from Desmond Ritter, and I think I think I think London personally drew a pass interference on the play. Yeah. I think it would have been a pass interference in in a real NFL game, um, which I mean that's that's a success that that's a successful play uh, for the offense. Second play is was another deep shot once again trying to hit the home run to London this time. Jeff Okuda had some had some pretty good coverage, and that pass fell incomplete. But you know, you can you could tell that there was there was a different type of poise to Desmond Ritter throughout throughout practice today, uh, especially when it came to some of those deeper passes. Because you know, I I mentioned it in our training camp article, which is going to publish uh, pretty soon after after the show ends. Even those shots that that fell incomplete, you, you know, he, he it wasn't like a, a perfect day. He did have some some incompletions. Even the incompletions, they were they were fifty fifty balls. So they they were passes where, you know, the wide receiver had a legitimate chance at going up and getting it. Uh, case in point, he threw one up to Frank Darby, which Darby got a hand on. Uh, which AJ Terrell matched him step for step, and he batted it away. Great play by AJ Terrell. But there's a difference, and it's a lot nicer to see now. Those passes were a lot closer. They they were hitting, they were hitting or almost hitting the hands of the receivers. Whereas in the first three days, all those deep passes were just sailing three, four feet over the wide receiver's head, and you know nobody has a chance at those. So I mean Ritter. Other than that, uh, did a great job of maneuvering around in the pocket. Uh, great patience. Uh, hit Penny hard on a really nice dig route uh, later on in practice. In a, I think it was seven on sevens, might have been eleven on elevens, where he, you know, he he maneuvered a little bit to his right. He stayed patient, waited for for Hart to get open, and you know, a- ended up finding Hart, you know, pretty wide open uh, over the middle of the field because of that patience. Um, he hit uh, Drake London on a nice toe tapper, which was pretty deep. He hit Cordero Patterson on uh, his deepest pass of camp so far regarding air yards uh, down the right sideline. I think it may have been Darren Hall who was covering, but it was, it was pretty good tight coverage. That was the third pass to Patterson, which was completed. The first two passes of seven on sevens were both completed to Patterson on either side of the field uh, on flat routes. So there was some uh, connection and chemistry with Cordero Patterson. But, yeah, overall, it's exactly what you wanted to see from Desmond Ritter out there. And Taylor Heineke also, uh, he deserves his own credit. He also was struggling deep the first three days, and he was connecting on some of those deep shots. Hit Kyle Pitts on on a deep crossing pattern uh, where it was you know, very accurate. He had some connection with Michael Pruitt, and he had uh, – the only home run touchdown, uh, so to speak, uh, of the day to Keelan Harris mm-hmm. for the end of training camp uh, on on a deep post pattern, where you know Harris uh, he did a great job of sort of you know clawing his way back into that wide receiver that battle that we'll that we'll talk about uh, pretty shortly. But you know, great day for for Ritter and Heineke. They're by far their best day so far. Yeah. And I mean, Ritter has improved with each passing day. And, you know, it's it, it's a it's a big difference today versus where he was on Wednesday. And it's one of the reasons why we were saying, you know, every single day, like still early, like no need to panic yet. Don't panic like we do want to see, you know, we do want to see better results. But, you know, hopefully the, they'll come in time. And today was the first day of those better results. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And Again, we're also not like anointing Ritter. It's like, oh, Ritter's arrived. He had a good day, so therefore everything's fine. Not at all. It's like, not at all. We're, like, so we're not going that far either. But that's what we're really trying to say is like, you know, this is th- things are t- trending in a more positive direction, and and you know, we would urge you to to take this the last two days. I mean, I think yesterday they were solid, whereas before they were very very shaky. I would say. And then today it was like legitimately good. So like if they can build on that, especially when we get the pads, which are we are expecting to happen early next week, um, and they're able to if they're able to continue on this trajectory, that's exactly what you want. And you look at the comparison to like Bryce Young, who had another bad practice today from reports, took a bad sack, threw a pick. I mean like he had a great day one, and now has had a couple of bad practices. I'm still I'm not concerned about Bryce Young. 
you know, I would urge Panthers fans not to be concerned. But, like, he had a great day one, then has had a couple rough days. Ritter had bad day one, and then maybe it has had a couple good days now. So it's like, it. The, the moral of the story is don't put too much stock into the first few training camp practices and think that they're terribly predictive for, for anything. I mean, honestly, none of this is all that predictive. I mean, it, it, it's just hard to evaluate in the context of the NFL, like, how good is this team when you're going up against you know, your own defense, because it's like, well, if your offense is bad, then your defense probably is going to look good. And if your defense is bad, maybe your offense will look good. If they both look bad, then I think you could, you know, you're probably in big trouble, uh, <laughs> for being honest. But, um, you know, even that, like four days in, I don't think any team would feel confident making strong statements one way or the other about how they feel. But, you know, Arthur Smith, I think to his credit has been like yeah you know we saw some good things today but we're just trying to keep building like that's what we want it's a little bit better every single day and to keep doing that going forward um and before we continue that conversation because i know the receivers are the next thing we're going to want to talk about um do want to remind folks to please like and subscribe if you've enjoyed this program if you're enjoying the show uh if you are listening to the podcast audio please leave us that five star review uh, if you're interested in contributing to the training camp fundraiser, we are actually almost 90% funded now. So uh, terrific stuff there. Thanks everyone so much. That's massively helpful and is, has uh, helped me relax quite a bit now about this. Because uh, Now I, I'm not as concerned as I was before camp when it was only like 30% funded. So thank you guys so much. You guys always come through. Appreciate you. Uh, if you're interested in doing that, you can do streamlabs.com slash the falcoholic slash tip, or you can do it on Venmo as well. Just leave a message uh you know, in your comment. Um, speaking of that, we did have a $20 Venmo donation from Jeffrey. Uh, and Jeffrey says, use this to buy, to get yourself some beers. I think he met at Sweetwater last night, uh, but we, we did get free beers and Adnan got free uh, non-alcoholic refreshment. So we, we didn't need to use it at Sweetwater, Jeffrey, but don't worry. I will find beers at some point uh, and, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll fulfill that request for you. I'll buy, I'll buy Adnan a Coke or one of those, fizzy orange drinks or something um but uh yeah uh also quick plug for the patreon if you're interested in taking part in those patron fantasy leagues we're gonna be forming those uh i meant to form them this week maybe maybe i'll get to it tomorrow but if not it'll be next week early so um if you want to get in on that make sure you sign up you know within the next week or two um because we'll probably start the draft right around the first preseason game the drafts rather (laughs) because there's like 30 people trying to get in so um yeah, guys, check that out if you're interested. Uh, all right, Adnan, you mentioned the wide receivers. They're, they're the real Falcon Civil War. I think a lot of people think it's, you know, Desmond Ritter, is he good or bad? And there's a big civil But really, it's Xavier Malone versus Keelan Harris truthers. And maybe there's a Slade Bolden faction emerging as well. Um, I'm interested, Adnan, where you stand in this great debate. I believe Aaron Freeman has, has firmly staked out his corner with uh, Keelan Harris, uh, obviously Xavier, Xavier Malone is my son, so I can never slander him. I'm wondering where you're landing in, in this debate. Well, I'm about to boycott this show for the Penny Hard Erasure. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Uh, because uh, Panthers uh, legend, excuse uh, me. Yeah. I, I'm I'm waving the Penny Hard flag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think there's as many people behind me on that one, but you know, I, I'm proudly and firmly, you know. Well, waving that flag and, uh, you know, going into this war myself. But, yeah, Zay Malone, we talked about it yesterday. He he was a star. He was one of the stars of camp yesterday. Like, he he was fantastic. And, you know, it felt like he really he really created a bit of a gap, uh, a bit of separation between himself and, you know, the, the others. Uh, the others being the wide receivers, not named uh, Drake London, Daryl Hodge, Mac Hollins, and Scotty Miller, because I think we're all in agreement that those four roster spots are safe. This is that battle for the fifth spot, possibly sixth wide receiver spot as well. Um, but today, you know, the others, the, those other guys sort of closed that gap a bit because we didn't really, didn't really call Zay Malone's name much today. We didn't really hear, you know, he, had a, he had a very quiet day today. Meanwhile, um, Penny Hart had some really nice catches from both from both Heineke and uh, and Ritter. Uh, have, uh, did a great job working over the middle, as did Slade Bolden. Slade Bolden, you know, he was he was pretty quiet until uh, that last session of scrimmages. He had he had a couple of really good catches, including mm-hmm. you know a deep 
crossing pattern from from Heineke uh, on his front shoulder where he was sort of a diving catch, but Heineke did a great job with that placement. And Keelan Harris, I mean, we mentioned, uh, I mentioned it earlier, he scored that touchdown, the home run touchdown on the post. So it's, um, you, you know, it, it, it's it's exciting. And, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to have it any other way going into, you know, week two of training camp now after, after tomorrow's off day where, you know, all of a sudden where you thought that, you know, Zane Malone is going to pull away. All of a sudden these other guys are, you know, are pretty much telling them, Hey, we're here for a reason too. Like, you know, we're, we're not going to go down fighting or we're not going to go down without a fight. And, you know, they're, Today, today was their was their sort of counter punch, and uh, you know, moving forward, it'll be it'll be really exciting, especially when pads come on, uh, to see who sort of starts to now separate themselves and if they can continue with that separation, or will everyone else, you know, sort of catch back up? Yeah, you're absolutely right there. It I think it's always very exciting to see the competition. And that's really, I think, the, the crux of stuff. Thanks, Windows, for blasting everyone's eardrums right there. Um, yeah, the crux, I think, is like you want there to be a tough competition. You want that wide receiver five to have legitimately earned that spot. And I think the Falcons have done a good job of bringing in guys. So really, it just is who is going to be able to stack up the W's day after day. I think early on, it was pretty clear that Xavier Malone was, was the one that was coming out on top there. And... You know, today was a little bit quieter. He did have an opportunity for a really another really great play. Just didn't quite come down with the catch in one-on-ones. Um, it was really close. I think that was the first one he hasn't made. So, like, I'm very much still all in on, on uh, my son, Xavier Malone. But, you know, what, what do these guys look like with the pads on? Because that is when it really, I think, sometimes changes. When you'll see some of the more diminutive receivers... Um, start to struggle and some of the bigger, more physical guys, like maybe a JJ Artigo Whiteside or, um, you know, Kadero Hodge, obviously Matt Collins, but Matt Collins has been impressing without pads. So like, I don't think there's any concern about him impressing with pads at this point. Um, he deserves his own segment, probably not just for the amazing quotes, but, um, for, you know, his play as well. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been really fun. It's been a, a, one of the best competitions. I love wide receiver battles. I think everyone does. It's just one of the position groups. It's just fun to watch. And um, yeah, I mean, I I think at this point, it's it's obviously still wide open. We did see Xavier Malone get a, a few more opportunities with the twos today, uh, in like the earlier team sessions. Um, but they're they're mixing a lot. They're gonna. It seems like they're committed to giving everyone some reps there. So I don't know that it's super meaningful at this stage, but. Um, yeah, Shaquavy Scott, Michael Pruitt's also my son. Um, I'm basically Philip Rivers. Uh, you know, I have a lot of sons, um, out there. So, you know, these guys are all, all my, my, my best. Uh, but, oh, also on the note, uh, yeah, Jason B asked about Justin Marshall. Um, Justin Marshall was released before training camp. I think he was released after mandatory mini camp. So like, like last month. Um, so yeah, Justin Marshall no longer out there. Uh, so that's why you haven't heard anything about him, Jason. Um, yeah, uh, let's talk about Mac Hollins because the, maybe the most pleasant surprise of this group. I mean, as much as we like to talk about the wide receivers and like the the UDFA's and that wide receiver five battle is like wide open. Mac Hollins is making the roster, probably going to be the wide receiver two. And I think a lot of people thought that he was not an inspiring candidate for that job. That the Falcons absolutely had to get an upgrade there, whether that was in the draft or by going and making a trade, or, you know, obviously we're still on hashtag Corey Davis watch, but Mac Hollins has been one of the early stars, actually, um, and, and had an exceptional touchdown working against A.J. Terrell today on what was really a perfect pass from Desmond Ritter. Um, glad I got one of those on camera so people would believe it because they could actually see Ritter throw the pass. Um, but what do, you, what do you think about Mac Hollins, how he's looked so far? Yeah, I mean, Mac Hollins... Uh he's he's done the job so far he he has looked how you would you know want him to look you know, in those one-on-ones he looks like he came to training camp built like you know like lo- looks like he was really hitting the gym hard uh, over the off season and yeah he had another 
had another great play against AJ Terrell. I think it was a it was a bit of a fade pattern today in one on ones. Perfect pass from Desmond Ritter on that one. And you know, I was seeing the uh, the conspiracy theory of oh, you only show Desmond Ritter when the pass is good, but when the pass sucks, you know, you, you never know who who the quarterback is. So, you know, some some Falcons fans are running with that conspiracy theory. Um, but yeah, like with Mac Collins, uh, the only thing I haven't really seen much, I haven't seen him targeted as much during the scrimmage periods, yeah. like the seven on seven, the 11 on 11. Like Mac Collins looks really good in one on ones. And, you know, I, I don't, this isn't me questioning if he can play or not. Like uh, Mac Collins can play like Mac Collins proved that in Oakland that he, he can play. He, he's a very capable and very worthy wide receiver. But I would like to see him, you know, targeted more and making some more catches in, in those scrimmage periods because I, I put I put more stock into the scrimmages than I do in, into the one on ones because yeah. scrimmages you're you're actually facing you know some set defenses and you know multiple defenders and you know you, you get some of those zone looks you uh you you get some of these guys whereas one on ones it's just like all right you versus someone else and it's just you know go go over there and get it. Yeah, and like, you know, the wide receivers have a huge advantage in one-on-ones. I mean, it's 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 almost like to the level where it's really if a defensive player comes away with the win, like you should be like really thrilled. Um but yeah, I mean, with Hollins, it's like I don't actually like feel that way because like he doesn't I mean, that one route he put on um was it I can't remember, I think it was Akuda the first day or whatever, or the second day where he just whooped him on that like uh like I can't remember the route at now. Uh, I've seen so many routes. I'm going to say with the wrong route, I'm sure. So I won't even say what route it was, but it was like a double move basically. Uh, but like when he beat Terrell today, he just was sort of like, I'm just going to run my fade to the end zone and you got to beat me. And it just was, was perfect. So, um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I would also like to see it in the scrimmages. It seems like they've been really spreading the ball pretty well. Um, like we haven't just seen, you know, we haven't really seen Kyle Pitts much. We did actually see Kyle Pitts in the like scrimmage today, uh, catch a nice pass over the middle uh, where he, he like, he got on the, you know, he had to dive for it, got, you know, rolled around and that, you know, Arthur Smith made a joke that like, Oh, we're gonna, finally going to have to wash his Jersey. You know, <laughs> he's, he, he got some grass on there, you know, we didn't have to wash it before today. So, and um, uh, for the record that I, I know Arthur Smith is having fun with that. That's a, that's a huge step. That's, that's massive. Like, um, Kyle Pitts played down the the mental aspect of of a knee injury and you know of of coming back from that torn MCL, um you know no and, and you know Kyle Pitts is being a, a strong football guy out here, I don't believe him for a second, um uh, because I I know these athletes are like wired different you know they're built different but just talking from some personal experience of having had my own like you know sort of meniscus problems and like you know, some knee problems over the last uh, couple of years. The mental hurdle is a real thing, uh, especially when you're going back and, you know, you're going back to, to sports and Kyle Pitts playing much higher level sports than, you know, I could ever like hope to. But it, it, it's a huge, it's a huge step-by-step process. Uh, and Kyle Pitts in the press conference said, oh yeah, like, you, you know, a- after surgery, I just like, uh, I just flipped the mental switch and, you know, I'm like, oh, it, it is what it is. But no, I, I don't think I, I don't I don't believe him um, because I do think that going back onto that football field for the first time post-surgery, uh, go running for the first time post-surgery, um, running in a straight line, cutting for the first time, those are you, you know, even deep down, even if you don't want to admit it, those are huge, huge moments. Uh, you know, going out there for the first practice is probably huge. And, you know, an, another thing that's another key step is, you know, making a catch and going down to the ground the way that he did today. It was on a, it was on a t- Taylor Heineke pass. Uh, I think it was, it was pretty deep down the, f- the field. Uh, he, he made the catch. It was a, it was a really nice catch, but I think, I think it's a. I think these are really big mental hurdles, and it, it's nice. You know, I, I'm sure even if he doesn't want to admit it, he came. He came up out of that relieved, and probably thinking, "All right, like you know, now that I got through that, like 
you, you know, this is great. Now, now we can move on, like, sort of to the next thing. And, we'll, you know, we, we've sort of cleared that roadblock. Yeah, I hope so. And he certainly hasn't acted, you know, like he's been timid or anything. But I think he's been clearly under directions to not, you know, push it too much. I don't think he's going full speed, uh, to be to be honest with people. Um, he's he's getting a fair amount of reps. This was the first day with team stuff. So I think over the next, you know, Arthur Smith basically said, like, if we if he had to play in two weeks, you know, they might be doing something different. Like they might be trying to ramp him up a lot faster and so, and so on. But like, I think that's they just don't have to. Smith's yeah. way of saying we're not seeing him week one of the preseason. Cause <laughs> yeah. that's two weeks away. Yeah, exactly. So like they don't, they're not going to rush him out there. They don't need, he doesn't need to prove anything. I mean, apparently he needs to prove things to fantasy heads and people that think he's a bust, even though he had a thousand yard season as a rookie tight end, which has happened like one time in NFL history. Um, other than other than the time he did it you know it there's no reason to rush him out there let him come back as quickly as he's comfortable and and then get him out there and, and let him crush it um yeah uh we will definitely shaquavius will definitely get to the uh the signings and the, the transactions today for sure that'll probably be the next thing we cover uh, lisa ray says saw y'all at showguns hey what's up lisa yeah 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 don't don't be afraid we're nice um yeah we, we did we did go to shoguns and flowery branch with uh will mcfadden uh it was tasty very tasty uh adnan not a big vegetable guy i learned so i <laughs> I, ate, I ate adnan's vegetables um not not, not huge not huge on vegetables but very yeah. big on protein yes, uh, yes very big protein fan but yeah, yeah. protein guy yeah um but yeah yeah the- <laughs> huge meathead yeah, yeah, I I wasn't gonna go there. You know, he's, he's carved up. Adnan is carved up. He's a slab of beef over here. So, um, yeah. Uh, then we have a, a five dollar donation from Drew Elliott twenty one nineteen. Drew, what's up, man? Thank you so much. Appreciate that. He says, "Do you guys feel that Arthur Smith is on the hot seat if we were to miss the playoffs?" Okay, so I will admit that we do have some inside information here to suggest that. Uh, and, and all I will say on that is that, no. <laughs> now if it's like oh and 16 then yes so i mean there, there is a situation i'm sure there's always a situation where if something is that catastrophic or like some crazy stuff happens that like sure maybe he could be on the hot seat but i think within the realm of the reasonable the answer is no that he's not on the hot seat uh yeah and i think we also like what well, what are the circumstances like right that. like is it uh, you miss the playoffs at nine and eight where, you know, you have some bad breaks and one score games and you just like, yeah, you know, you, you just sort of don't get there. Is it, oh, like, you know, the team is an absolute disaster and you end up two and 15 because I mean, those are two very different things. Um, is it, oh, like you suffered some like catastrophic injuries and that like really hindered you because we have precedent with that. Like remember, uh, 2013 under Mike Smith's Falcons, uh, the team pretty much had a lost year due to injuries. And Arthur Blank was like, all right, like, we'll just chalk this up as, you know, an injury season. Uh, no harm to anyone until, you know, the Falcons again in 2014 were pretty dog shit. Um, 2018, the Falcons suffered those catastrophic injuries early on in the season. And that was never held against Dan Quinn. So, you know, Arthur Blank has that precedent of, you know, if, if injuries do come into play, he, he doesn't really hold that against the decision makers that much because how can you? But, yeah, no, no it's, for the most part, the answer is no. Like, uh, I don't think he would be on the hot seat. Now, we're talking about you missed the playoffs this year, you missed the playoffs next year. Yeah. That's a different story. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that that's – we haven't even – gotten a preseason of this year yeah that, that's a very far down the line type thing yeah it yes it i think Adon summed it up well like yes it's it's possible that two years from now if they still haven't made the playoffs then absolutely i think this year is like a, okay we're fine we finally got a team let's see what happens um i think the expectations are high so that you know if he doesn't make the playoffs he's not actively on the hot seat but i think he would be going into next year with the like expectation that okay now this is the year you have to make the playoffs or we're, we're gonna need to make changes so like i will say if they don't make the playoffs this year i feel like the the training camp press conferences will, will be a lot less loose next year yeah i think it's gonna so far this year because yeah. arthur smith has been a pleasure 
Yeah, he's been like, nice. He's, it's been fun. He's been so pleasant and fun, like uh, to the media the, these few days. Like we saw the D Orlando Ledbetter fine yesterday, yeah. and yeah, yeah. God love D Led. It's it's great to have him back. Um, but yeah, he, he's yeah, like you know his son Liam was there yesterday joining us uh, in the press conference. Um, you know he talked about some of uh. He, he talked about how he can't be too biased in picking some of some of Liam's uh, jerseys. You know, he, he can't just, you know, get, give him all the offensive players, you know, because then the defensive guys will be like, oh, like, you know. but yeah, like he he genuinely has been, you know, such a pleasure to the media like uh, these past few days. And I mean, he called you out on, on the, some of the Syracuse stuff. The season yeah, stuff. every time I ask, he's like, is this about is this about Bergeron? Like, are you asking me about Bergeron's? I'm getting to that. I mean, that was that was going to open with the Hennessy question today, but you know, he, he yeah. got the Bergeron out of me. So, but it's it's been really nice, and I mean, yeah, he has you know he's, he's sporting that very stylish mustache, which he still has it. Hopefully, he has it throughout the year. Um, but uh, definitely, I, I don't think I don't think Arthur Smith is under any like much pressure at all this year because the first two years, like that roster was really bad. And I mean, I think I think he squeezed blood out of a rock to even get seven wins last year and seven yeah. wins the year before. I think that's a testament to just how good of a coach and how good of a play caller Arthur Smith is. Context is needed for everything, and you know, I'm sure some people, like some of the national guys, some of the non-Falcons fans, and even some of the people within our own fan base, um, you know, not not our viewers, because you know. <laughs> But, Obviously, you guys have impeccable taste. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys are great. But uh, like, some people will look at it and be like, "Oh, fourteen and twenty, like you know, that's horrible." No, no, it's not. Like, look at, like, sure, on the surface, fourteen and twenty, like you know, that that's that's a really bad two year record. It's six games below five hundred. But look at what you had to work with. Look at the fact that you had the most dead money in the NFL last year through no fault of your own. This was no fault of Terry Fontenot's. It was no fault of Arthur Smith's. Look at two years ago, having the roster that you had at your disposal, where it was a bunch of below replacement level players. You know, some players who were starting for you who would not be backups in, in most other teams. And, you know, this is the first year where you have a legitimate, like, good football team where you've actually, like, been able to invest because you finally you finally taken the albatross off your neck that the previous regime tied on there when you joined. Yeah. And like it for better or worse, Arthur Blank is one of the more patient owners and we saw the worst, you know, with, with the Dan Quinn Dimitrov regime where they really got a year that they had no business getting and it, it was really bad. And they made the salary cap infinitely worse that year. For the record, uh, for the record we were calling what we were calling for that termination, yeah, like what from the beginning, like what yeah. we were like, all right, this isn't going to work out. I remember, I think I officially, I think I went on a very, very heated rant after they lost that Titans game against uh, Mariota. What was it? Was twenty nineteen? Yep, I think it was in twenty nineteen where that you know they lost the Titans game. Where I was like, all right, I like this is it, like. I'm officially calling for, for Dan Quinn, like to be fired. And, you know, instead of, you know, they, they kept him all year and then they kept him into next year. And then that, that's what really screwed them. So, you know, what we were calling for it, like what we, we, we weren't here. It's not like now hindsight of we're saying, Oh yeah, they should have cut bait. We were, we were saying that from the very beginning of like when yeah. it should have happened. Yeah. And it, it's unfortunate because, and it's, but that that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like for better or worse, he's a patient owner. He's gonna try to give his guys an opportunity, and and sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it, it leads to to you know stuff that's good. Like you know, a lot of owners would be like saying like, oh, like to Arthur Smith, like if you don't make the playoffs this year, you're fired. Like even though cleaning up the previous regime's mess is something that like it's gonna take time, and expecting to field a super competitive roster with like what 40 percent of the salary cap occupied with dead money it's just not reasonable um the falcons had by far the cheapest defense in the nfl last year was not close uh the offense too was one of the lowest paid so like it's 
it's I think at this stage it's good that he's comfortable and I hope I don't think he's like comfortable in the sense that he doesn't feel pressure but I don't think he feels pressure to be fired I think he feels the right kind of pressure which is like he's he has internal motivation because he's a competitive guy and a really competitive coach that wants to win a Super Bowl because he wants to win a Super Bowl not because he's worried about getting fired but because he wants to field a good football team he wants to bring this city a championship just like Arthur Blank just like all all of us want he's clearly passionate um so like do I think he's comfortable like like maybe but I don't think it's for the wrong reasons at this stage I think he feels that the the, the we know for a fact that the the regime has full confidence in him um you know for for better or worse the the team the owner everyone's behind Arthur Smith and so that means that he's he has the leeway to do what he thinks is best and not try to save his job because I think you know, Arthur Blank probably learned some lessons from the Dimitrov Quinn thing. I, I suspected, you know, next time he probably won't give them that extra year where that's like, okay, if you don't win this year, you're going to lose your job. So what did they do? They maxed out the salary cap and and made a lot of decisions that ultimately led to Dan Quinn have, or led to, uh, you know, Arthur Smith having to clean up the mess even worse it's, because they were almost, trying to save their job. Yeah, It's almost like, you know, they had a, a local blog who covers the Falcons, who does a live show every Wednesday, saying that, yeah, like, this is obviously what, what they're going to do if they're desperate. And, you know, I mean, nobody listens to us. So, you know, it was it was a couple of years of it was a couple of lean years. But I mean, like, legitimately, I, you can, I don't even blame them. Like, looking back, I, you can't even blame Dimitrov and Dan Quinn. For doing what they did, the Dante Fowler signing, you know, pushing a lot of those contracts like back with the restructures, like, you know, all, all of those short-sighted win-now moves because, yeah, of course they're going to do that. Like, they're they're trying to save their job. Like, I would do the same thing if I was in their situation. Like, why do I care about three years from now if you're going to fire me at the end of this year? So, I mean, that, that was just – get. That, that's just never a good idea. It's just never a good idea to put someone in that position of, oh, like, you know, you're going to get fired. Like, you're about to get fired. Like, you should be fired now, but, oh, I'm going to give you one more chance. And, you know, of course, you're, you're going to make some desperation moves. And, you know, yeah. we, see, we see where that got us. Yeah, it, it's not a good way to do things, uh, without a doubt. Um, it just it just isn't. <clears throat> and what's up out of your Falcon mind? Uh, another another quality Falcons program out there, guys. If you haven't listened to those guys, check them out. Uh, yeah, he says the sizes of Mac Drake and Kyle Pitts. Feeling pretty good about those 50-50 balls. Yeah, I mean, I think so far they've, you know, today especially, we saw some great 50-50 completions uh, that were that were doing great. Uh, all right, we also got Eric, Eric Poger, Eric Pogger. I don't know. One of the two. Eric with a K, though. I love that. Um, with the $2, thank you so much, man, says, since we're going positionless football, are we going to see Felipe Franks at cornerback and punt returner? I don't think they mean, like, literally positionless, like, we don't care, just go line up somewhere. But, you know, I mean, Felipe Franks is, is very good at, is a very good athlete. You know, I think maybe, maybe safety, if we're, you know, I mean, honestly, like, defensive end, even, like, if he bulks up, maybe, you know? I mean, I don't think he's, he's, like, at 235, so he's at, he's at like, Vic Beasley weight, but, uh, probably gonna need to get that weight up if he wants to play on defense punt returner he is very athletic but um yeah uh i don't trust his hands enough for that (laughs) although he did have actually a nice catch today uh i think it was either in one-on-ones or seven on seven um but before that i know somebody else asked about felipe too just for a felipe update it hasn't been as good as last year's camp um but we also saw that he did literally nothing outside of camp. So maybe he needs a quiet camp and an actually productive preseason and regular season. So we'll, we'll hope for the best there with Felipe. Um, and yeah, we did have, uh, yeah, Eric Abramson just subbed on Patreon. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Says I want to support you all in the amazing coverage you do. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate you. Uh, and you reminded me that I need to shout out a couple of new patrons as well. We had, uh, over the last few days, we've had, Rory Simmons join us. Welcome, Rory. We've had Matthew Warren join, as well as Jeremy Katow. Uh, so yeah, four new patrons here in the last couple of days. So thank you guys so yes. much for your support. Appreciate appreciate you. 
Well, we have um, 151 people watching too. It's been yeah. a while since we've had those numbers. You know, you know that yeah. the season's around the corner. Right. It's been a it's been a dark you know June and and, Ju- and early July. That's literally the slowest time. But uh, we had uh, we had the 50 or so diehards in here yeah. while we were ranking the most the real sickos in, in early July. Love yeah. you guys. Yeah, love you guys. Thanks for thanks for sticking around. Uh, we you know. Without a doubt, we we typically get a thousand views, a thousand podcast listens, even in the depths of the off season. So thanks, thanks to the diehards for keeping that going. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember what else we haven't touched on yet. I mean, have we talked? Uh, we had, we talked a lot about the receivers oh, being really good. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about Clark Phillips. Yeah, yeah. Please continue yeah. the hype train. Yeah. Clark Phillips had a pick six today. Yeah. Like Clark, like it was the only interception of the day so far. I'm running the interception counter. Uh, I, I am making this my brand for this training camp. But we're a four, and Clark Phillips got number four today. It was, and don't worry, guys, it wasn't on Desmond Ritter. I, I think I said it on Will's podcast. You know, it, it's like the best of both worlds where um, you had Clark Phillips make a great play, and, you know, it, it was off Logan Wood's side. So you, you're not you're not panicking about, oh, my God, Desmond Ritter threw a pick. Um but no, shout, like shout out to Logan Woodside. He had a great, great day yesterday. Not not as great today, but still, still very sharp. Um, so, little flat route to the left. Um, the intended target was Penny Hart, and Clark Phillips just straight undercuts it, picks it off. Amazing cornerback instincts, complete ball hawking ability. The exact thing that you want him to do on that play, he did. And yeah, it would have been an easy six the other way in a, in a real game, an easy six. Um, and yeah, he had uh, he had the rep against Xavier Malone where he where Malone could not come uh, come down with the catch. That was Phillips on, on that coverage. Um, and I mean, yeah, Phillips uh, every day we're we're calling his name. Every day he seems to be doing something else that's that's special. Um, he is not going to be running with the threes for very much longer. Uh, yeah. He. Like he he has, he's been probably the star of camp so far, and you know it's it's nice to see. And the entire secondary was was good. Yeah. Uh, even though like even though the offense won the day, the secondary still sort of got their pound of flesh today. Um, yeah. AJ yeah. Terrell had a great pass breakup against Frank Darby deep uh, on a deep pass. Uh, I think that was one of two uh, pass breakups for Terrell on the day. Jeff Okuda looked sharp. Uh, I was raving about this play he had against Scotty Miller where, you know, I, I just loved the veteran know-how of just sort of using the sideline as, as a second defender where Scotty Miller caught a pass, uh, but Okuda sort of forced him out of bounds on, on the catch. And, you know, it, it was a great catch by Miller deep, but it, it was ruled an incompletion out of bounds. Okuda uh, defended Drake London on the second pass of seven on sevens. After that, would be pass interference from Alford. The very next play was a deep shot to London, where which was defended by by Jeff Okuda. Okuda's looked pretty solid. Um, Jesse Bates had a, a pass uh, a pass breakup on a pass intended for Parker Hesse over the middle as well. So you know the secondary continues to look really good, and you know. Uh, at this point, the the star of that secondary so far in camp has been Clark Phillips. Yeah, I mean Clark Phillips has been awesome. Um, which you know, as I think we were pounding the table as like, oh, this might be the the like, other than Bijan, probably the most underrated like high upside pick of of the draft. I don't. I wouldn't. Say, I would say most high upside. I wouldn't say underrated because I feel like every <laughs> yeah. single person was like, how the hell did this guy fall to the fourth round? Because he's short and was like a five and a half RAS. That's why. Uh, but guess what? Like that, Bro, that's half, it. that's only half the game. The other half, the instincts, the anticipation, yeah, the ball he, skills. I mean, he's, he's wiping his ass with that RAS score and yeah. those, those short, like, you know, yeah. allegations so far, because mm-hmm. he, he, he is doing, he looks like everything you would want in a cornerback out there with his technique, you know, with his attitude and, you know, Arthur Smith called him out a little bit about over-celebrating that interception, waving to the crowd. Uh, <laughs> the coaches wanted him to get right back, you know, 
right back into position because he was supposed to be on, on the next play too. But, you know, AJ Terrell talked yesterday about how coachable he's been and how, you know, how, how receptive he's been of, you know, what, what the coaches have been talking to him about and, you know, just going out there uh, after the coaches talk to him about anything, just making plays. So that that's exactly the type of mentality you want, you want to have on your team. Yeah. And people forget, you know, everybody, when you look at his workout, his combine performance, um, you know, five nine one eighty four. Okay, not big, right? Four five one forty, still above average. It's I think it's a sixty sixth percentile, but it doesn't. You know, when you're smaller, I think a lot of people expect that you're going to run in the four fours. You know, and and I don't blame people for that, but people don't realize because they don't always publicize these numbers, but. His 20-yard split at 2.58 is 80th, 81st percentile, and his 10-yard split at 1.52 is 89.9 percentile. So his short area quickness is excellent, um, and that's what you can see is his recovery speed is really good. He's really sticky. He doesn't have tremendous long speed, but he his instincts are so good and his, his ball skills are so good that he doesn't really need it because he's usually in the right position. And it's obviously it's nice to be faster. It's nice to have ups and to have length and all that stuff that's going to help you. But ultimately, um, you just have to be in the right position more often than not. And if you're in the right position because you predicted where the ball is going to go, that's how you create turnovers. It's it's not being 4-3. I mean, look at Desmond Southward, right? And <laughs> sorry, Desmond, if you thought it was safe to come back to Falcons media, it's never going to be safe. Sorry. Um, you know, ran like a 4-3 and was completely worthless. You, could, you couldn't tell. You're not worthless. Like... To be I mean, fair to Desmond Kendall's Southward, Kendall's yeah. Kendall's to be fair to Desmond, he was probably like a top, you know, one to two percent of all football players type of player. But like, in terms of the NFL, I mean, most, mostly works. Yeah. Like your forty <laughs> time, it doesn't tell you. Like, I think Kendall Sheffield was arguably the fastest guy in his entire like draft yeah. class. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he he was solid for a little bit, and then he just like was really bad. But yeah, no, like. That uh, that comment that Kevin just had about how like sticky he is that that's brought to you by Blue Chew. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna touch that one. We'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all on on. Yeah, but <laughs> that's good though. I like that. Um, yeah, and I, I do love how passionate he is too. You know, you hear everyone praising his work ethic, and um, he's very coachable. Arthur Smith basically saying like. He'll, he'll he'll go out there, he'll make mistakes, just like every young player, and then they give him the feedback, and he doesn't say anything. He's just like, okay, and he goes he goes and does it. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have anything to say back. He doesn't have any critiques of what he's being told. He's just like, okay, coach, and he goes and does it, you know, and, and I, I, I have a shot. I have a sneaking suspicion that, that uh, we will see Clark Phillips with the second team, uh, you know, next week. That, that's a good time to make changes to the depth chart, and like, the other guy that I think has been not getting the hype has been Darren Hall. You know, he's ended up on the third team. I don't really think through any fault of his own because I think he was fine last year. Um, but Darren Hall had two pass breakups today going up against some pretty decent receivers. So, you know, I there's going to be a lot of tough decisions, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it seems like Hall maybe has fallen out of favor. Again, not necessarily to him playing poorly just because they brought in Jeff Okuda. They brought in Clark Phillips. They brought in Mike Hughes to go along with the guys they already have. It's just like there's not a lot of space for for someone like that. It's it's just going to be tougher to make the roster. But I, I do think that Darren Hall showed that he he should be in the mix at the very least for that last roster spot. And we know he can play both man and zone at a high level. So, you know, high level relative. I mean, I, I think Darren Hall is probably like a CB4 type of guy at best. But, like, you need those guys, like, on your roster. So we'll, we'll have to see. Um, before, before we get out of here, cause we're almost to an hour, we should probably talk about the transactions. Um, we did see like a flurry of moves last night into today. And, and then we got, uh, the corresponding moves. The Falcons did sign two players. They signed defensive tackle, Justin Ellis, uh, who is affectionately referred to as big jelly bean, uh, <laughs> nose tackle, Justin Ellis, I, I should say. Uh, and then we also saw an edge rusher signed, uh, Kamoko Ture. And the Falcons placed Eddie Goldman on the uh, exempt left squad list, which is different than retired. Um, and we'll, I'll explain what that means in a second. And then they also did release linebacker Dorian Etheridge, which I thought was pretty surprising. Um, so before I get your takes on that, 
Adnan, I will say that the exempt left squad list is different than the retirement list. It means that he hasn't, basically he's just left. So the Falcons retain his rights, but he doesn't count against the roster. It also means that he's eligible to return and, and like they could activate him off that list if he shows back up. So it seems like they're sort of leaving the door open for him to still come back. But for whatever reason, he was not, we don't know any detail. <laughs> we haven't heard anything. Other than that, he apparently did show up for the first day of training camp. Um, and, you know, Arthur Smith said he looked good. Like, he looked like he was in shape and, and potentially ready to get on the field. And he's just dealing with some personal stuff. And we don't know if that's, like, him, if that's family or whatever. It could be anything. I don't want to speculate on it. Uh, so, you know, all, all, I, all I'll say is that I hope that uh, Eddie Goldman's okay. And I hope his family and everybody's okay. And, you know, if he wants to play, and he can... I would like to see him. I would love to see him play in Atlanta. Um, I don't think the door is 100% closed. I would say it's about 90% closed, though. So uh, we'll see. You know, and, uh, But, yeah, what, what do you think about uh, the, the team's first moves of the camp season so far? Uh, I mean, the Ellis news happened last night uh, where we – I think we were just about to start our, our show um, over at Sweetwater when we heard, and it was like – yeah, that, that's sort of a reading of the tea leaves. Um, that, yeah, um, you signed a defensive tackle. I think they even gave him Nettie Goldman's number. So uh, that, that sort of like super told you that, yeah, like uh, Goldman, who Arthur Smith said yesterday was contemplating re-retirement, um, that he would have an update today. And I, I think, you know, last night was sort of a jumping of the gun of, yeah, like that. This is the update early, unofficially, that Goldman would not be back. Uh, whatever, whatever's happening, happening with Goldman in his personal life, we we wish him the best, and you know, most importantly, uh, we hope everything is okay with him and his family. Uh, if he does not return, then you know, I definitely wish him the best in in, in the rest of his life. Um, the Etheridge. The Etheridge release was kind of shocking. Like I, I was, I remember sitting next to you when when Arthur Smith like said it, and I had to like do a double take and just like con- reconfirm that. Wait, wait, did he just say like that Dorian Etheridge is like gone? And uh, yeah, I mean, this is a guy who I thought like had a legitimate shot at uh, at a roster spot, um, but you know, I guess not. Like we we did see Nate Landman and Michael Walker yeah. running with the ones a little bit at, at the linebacker position. Uh, it seems like Michael Walker, like he was mentioned by coach specifically today, is a guy that that they're cross training a little bit. So it seems like Walker will, you know, uh, it feels like his, I think his spot is a lot safer than I personally thought it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, seems like he he's one of those guys who's a near roster lock at this point. Uh, Nate Landman is an, is another dude who, you know, played pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought at the very least Etheridge would be given the preseason and, you know, would be a practice squad candidate, but apparently not. And, you know, who knows, you know, if that, if that, if that was on the field performance base, if it was something that wasn't related to anything on the field. We don't know. We would just be blindly speculating. I mean, Justin Ellis is – veteran nose tackle um he's played in a lot of games uh in his nfl career i think he's played what nine seasons he's a nine-year vet played all 17 games for the giants last year played for the ravens uh was a starter for the raiders you know way back in 2017 um you know had a really really bad pff score last year (laughs) yeah that's what I was gonna say. Is that I I, I would not um, I I wouldn't expect Justin Ellis to be a big factor for the roster. To be honest, um, I think he's just a warm body. Yes, I, mean, I think he is a depth nose tackle, which is probably his best position at this point. But I I think you know based on what we've seen from Timmy Horn, like we haven't seen full contact, so it's hard to gauge. But I, I, it seems like they like Timmy Horn. They're comfortable with him playing with the ones, and I think he's looked fine. I mean, the defensive line as a whole, I think, has played the run very well. So, um, you know, maybe they're – and then I think Carlos Davis, the other veteran nose tackle they brought in, I think he's looked fine as well. So, 
you know, I wouldn't really expect a lot from from Ellis. You know, Kamoko Ture is like slightly more interesting, but because I think he is actually like a rosterable depth edge guy, and the team was interested in him last year too. He chose the 49ers instead. Um, but couldn't live with his own failure. Look at where that's brought him back to us. The Falcons are inevitable free agents, right? Um, but they, yeah, I. It, it, there's just not roster space for him. So he's probably looking at the practice squad um, at this stage. But I like Ture. I mean, I th- he would be like by far the best edge they've had on the practice squad in a long time. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I'm yeah. like looking at some of his career numbers. He had five and a half sacks as just yeah. a pure like rotational non-starter with the Colts a couple of years ago. Yeah, like, he's that's, a solid guy. That would have been second on the team last year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it would have been second on the team in 2021 too. I think only Brady Jarrett had more more than five and a half last year. Yeah, so you know, I uh, I like Teray, so I wouldn't count him out. But it, like I said, it's a very crowded edge room, so I I think at this point he's probably looking at the practice squad. But you never know. Uh, we it's a, we got a lot of camp left, a lot of practice, and three preseason games to get to where he'll probably get a lot of work. So. Um, you know, he was out there today. I think he, he may have had a sack. Um, I, I wasn't sure on the number. Well, I thought it was Etheridge at first and then it was like, wait, wait, no, that Etheridge is not here anymore. So that must be somebody else. It was 48. Um, so I think he did have a sack or close to a sack on like Logan Woodside right off the bat. So definitely someone to monitor as we get into pads and, um, see how that stuff works out. But yeah. Well, now we're up over an hour already. How time flies. There's, all, there's just a lot to talk about. Uh, this team's really interesting this year. It's nice. I think last year we were sort of like sometimes a little bit stretched. Like, oh, you know, Mario and Ritter, they're splitting the reps again. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The defense is not. You know, the, the offense is, is crushing them, you know. Yeah, we, we definitely <laughs> go into um, we go into these like daily shows or, yeah, these like training camp recap shows, like pretty much expecting all right, like, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, half an hour, like maybe max 35, 40. But yeah, it's, time does fly. There, There's a lot. And honestly, I like, I think it helps that you and I are there every single day. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're both like intently watching everything throughout the day. And there's just a lot of stuff to bring up, a lot of stuff to talk about. And, you know, it's just a, a lot of, uh, in my opinion, a lot of like really good information uh, to you know the viewers who you know people who can't like be there. Like obviously, like some people don't live uh, in Georgia. Some people like can't make it out. Like you know, it's shit. Yeah. It was very crowded. It's like it's hard to make it out like to Flowery Branch at like nine thirty, like on, on any day on, on a weekday. Like sure today Saturday, but still there was like that crash on like. 85 which yeah. like almost made you late yeah yeah but yeah it's definitely it's definitely a testament to how much how much has been going on and how much excitement there's been and how excited we both are that these shows that these daily shows are lasting as much as our wednesday live shows yeah no i mean it's fun i mean I, I don't mind doing daily shows if there's stuff to talk about i mean it's like in the off season it's like oh god like are we going to be able to fill the hour and like we always we always do adnan we're professionals uh professionals. so you know but uh you know i let's just say i'm happy to not have to you know dedicate about you know an entire like eight nine episodes of a podcast of the podcast to you know breaking down individual position groups uh <laughs> you know to get through the dead zone with training camp previews talking about guys that we haven't seen yet um it's like speculating. tweeting aaron freeman right now no i mean like i i actually did that as well so i can't dunk on aaron freeman for that series either uh because i i also had to get on that grind but it's a lot more fun to talk about players that you've seen that day <laughs> and like have video of and and you know have have gotten to meet and interact with and seen the whole team out there and that sort of thing so uh Happy t- that we are through the dead zone, certainly, and uh, the preseason's right around the corner. So we'll have another, uh, in case you guys forgot, Sunday is an off day, so no practice. We will be resting uh, <laughs> resting and recuperating. Yep. Yeah, so it's, tired. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's, tired. It's, it's, it's been that nonstop <laughs> grind of just, like, every single day. Yeah. And now it's like, all right, like, 
like like coach, you guys couldn't have built in an off day, you know, within one of these <laughs> first four days. Yep. Um, um, but yeah, also what's also really funny, and I see the comment from ex pizza man right now. Uh, we haven't mentioned Bijan at all That's on funny. the show, yeah. which is wild. It's been an hour. Um, yeah, Bijan looks great. Yeah, uh, Bijan's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bijan looks fantastic. He still yeah, looks he, great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> B, B, Troy Anderson on a one-on-one today. Uh, yep. He um, yeah, you know, looks very special. Whenever he has fans go crazy, whenever he has the ball in his hands. And I mean, we'll, we'll see more of Bijan when the, we'll see more of what Bijan can really do when the pads come off. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm excited to see more, uh, mercifully, like we said, off day tomorrow. So don't be expecting any clips or any information because there isn't any practice. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, guys, please do like, and subscribe. We appreciate all 150 plus of you for hanging out with us today. Uh, went with a little bit of an earlier show because it's it's a Saturday, right? And maybe you know, maybe some some people actually you know have a chance to to hit it earlier, um, and then we can you know rest. <laughs> now we rest. But uh, if you listen to the podcast audio, please leave us that five star review as well. Oh yeah, and people did a couple people did mention um, how does Goldman not being on the roster affect the cap space? And the, the answer is it doesn't. He was making like a million dollars, so doesn't move the needle at all. Um, if it did, it, it would be in a very minimal way. So yeah, no cap relief, no, nothing significant, uh, to report there in terms of the cap space. Um, but yeah, uh, before we sign off guys, uh, do want to thank Adnan Ikic once again for gutting out another hour long training camp recap show with me. He is at say with Choi on Twitter. Anything else you'd like to let the people know about Adnan? Well, uh, our day four training camp news and notes. Oh, yeah, we still got to do that. Yeah. yeah, um, <laughs> yeah but by the way, um, I probably should be telling you this off air, but uh, yeah, I put, I put mine in just uh, just put, put in your, your part and then you can publish at any point. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll but yeah, it, 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 it's 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 already ready. Like, okay. I'm up. I appreciate that. Great job, there. great job, Mike. We did we did great work on that article, you know, it, by we, I mean, Adon. Oh, um, so I'll, I'll give it, a, I'll give it a, a, some polish, you know, I'll give it a once over. <laughs> Add a couple tweets, you know, SEO optimization, right? SEO, you know, we do love that <laughs> SEO out here. We do love it. Yes. Well, thank you for your hard work on that. Adon. I will. Uh... Yeah, guys, I'm Kevin Knight, Falcoholic Kevin. Uh, please do follow me there. Like I said, if you want to donate to the training camp fundraiser, you can do so off air as well. Just make sure you leave a question. We will get to it on the next show that we do. Venmo on my Twitter is there as well, if you prefer that. Uh, like I said, with the Patreon, uh, Patreon patron fantasy leagues are filling up so or will be soon so if you want to get in on that hit that up patreon.com slash falcoholic live check out our community discord server if you want to chat hang out with like like-minded falcons fanatics and uh yeah guys we will be back not tomorrow we will be back monday uh once again for day five of falcons training camp and i will be there through wednesday uh and i believe Adnan will be there through wednesday as well I'll also be there through Wednesday and then one more time next Saturday as well. Yep. And then by and then after that it'll basically be the preseason. So yeah. And, and Will McFadden, oh, neither of us will be there Friday, but Will did say he will be there Friday. So we'll still have some alcohol a alcoholic representative covering on Friday as well. Yeah. And then once they get into the preseason week, things start to change a little bit. So um So yeah, guys, thank you very much. Today's show was of course brought to you by Bet Online. And, uh, yeah, appreciate everyone for hanging out. We'll see you guys next time on the Falcoholic Live. Have a great night, folks. See you next time.